Support for MindShift comes from Landmark College, offering a fully online graduate-level certificate in learning differences and neurodiversity programs. Visit landmark.edu slash certificate to learn more. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, MindShift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. I woke up very early, abnormally early, because I would wake up at 7 for my other school. And it's just more work, I feel like, and I'm ready for it. Starting high school is a big deal in the life of a teenager. This is how incoming freshmen got ready for their first day at Hillsdale High School in San Mateo, California. I kind of just prepared myself by waking up really early and like planning out your outfit, you know, because you want to do a first impression, right? And I just kind of asked my sister for help for straightening my hair and all that kind of stuff. To prepare myself, I also spoke with my sibling, so know what to do in high school. And I've just been asking around to where classrooms are and asking people for help instead of not asking for help. The best I did to prepare was pretend I'm not nervous. That was Brendan, Matthew, Samantha, and Caitlin. And here's one more ninth grader who was nervous but excited by the opportunities of starting high school. High school, you get to kind of reinvent yourself as a person since, you know, you don't know these people, so you get the chance to become a new person. And is there anything you did to uh, reinvent yourself or do something differently? Yeah, I'm working on trying to open myself up to people and kind of come out of the shell that I've been stuck in for a while. So, um, And how do you go about that process? Uh, it, it's a lot of mental preparation, so a lot of, you know, not having to think. So when you go to meet someone, you don't overthink it in your head. You just kind of go out and say, hi, and my name is this, and, you know, just introduce yourself without thinking. And can you introduce yourself to us? Yeah, I'm Adriana Kuznar. I'm a ninth grader now, so. I'm Ki Sung. And I'm Katrina Schwartz, and you're listening to the MindShift Podcast, a look at the future of education and what it means for our kids. You know, we often talk about a student's progress through the stages of their education. What we maybe don't talk about enough are the transitions that separate those stages, and even within a school, the moves between years. For a while, we've been following a boy named Jeff. He's a high school junior now, but getting to this moment involves some leaps of faith on Jeff's part and on the part of the adults around him. I had the shortest temper. I really didn't have time for people. Jeffrey Aragon is a student at Hillsdale, and to understand how he got here, you have to go back to his middle school. I had got expelled from that school, which was, I don't know, it was bad. Um, Can I ask how you got expelled from that school? Me being late, because I kind of lived far from the school, and um, me 
fighting. Well, it wasn't. Yeah, it was fighting. I'm not gonna. Yeah, it was fighting. When he arrived at Hillsdale, the fighting stopped. But he struggled academically, especially in his freshman year. I failed a, not a lot of classes, but a few, quite a few. My mom, she was like, "We're setting up a um, a meeting. We're gonna, we need to talk. We need to sit down about this." And I was like, "I don't care. Let's just do it." Did it. We sat down. They were like, "If you don't go to school, if you don't graduate, I'm." not going to end up successful. To a kid like Jeff, who's done a lot of parent-teacher sit-downs, that might sound like just more parent-teacher explaining. But in recent years, schools and researchers have more data to support what they've suspected for a while. The ninth grade is the make-or-break year for staying in high school. It's a tough transition, even for a kid who's academically inclined. And that can come as a surprise for kids and parents. In fact, there's a term for it. The ninth grade shock. That's Nicholas Ferris Trey. He helped coin the term ninth grade shock while he was a researcher at the University of Washington. There are students who are moving through their academic career through sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and they're doing all right. They're doing okay. Some are doing well. And then these students then make the transition to high school, and the students who are doing well do a little bit worse. The work students put in isn't yielding the same results. Their grades slide a little, and... The real key piece of it is that the shock is so highly correlated to lower levels of um, educational attainment later in high school. Ferris Trey and his colleagues studied student records in a large metropolitan school district and found a connection between the failing grades students receive in the ninth grade and high school completion. I remember this one time freshman year, I just completely gave up on school. I was just like, I'm done going to school. That's Jeff Aragon again. By the end of his ninth grade year, he had fallen behind his class. Jeff's experience and feeling like completely giving up on school is what Ferris Trey and his colleagues identified in their study as a national phenomenon. A large majority of the students would fail classes in their first or second year of high school, and they would then be behind the normal grade age progression. So in their second year of high school, they would still have the credits of, say, a ninth grader. Falling behind matters. At a typical high school, those Fs would snowball, and a student like Jeff might lose faith in the idea that he could come back from it, much less succeed. And next comes the mindset that leads to dropping out. Remember, high school is a big place. Kids can fall off the radar. I wanted to visit Hillsdale because of its reputation as a school where educators refine curriculum and surroundings to guard against losing a student that way. Remember where we started that first day of school? All the newness, the quicker tempo, and all the unknowns? Boy, that four years for a 14-year-old is an enormous amount of time. It's a huge percentage of their sort of cognitive life, what they can remember back. I would be asking me, for example, to do something for the next 15 years. And I think, well, if I'm not enjoying that, I'm not gonna, I'm really, I don't know if I can see myself doing that. 
For Principal Jeff Gilbert, it's crucial that educators create a high school environment for students that takes into account the significance of those years. A place that allows for the overwhelm, the setbacks, the anxieties, without compromising on academic expectations. Because the worksheets and tests and the grading aren't going away. So you have to flip sort of what school is like, you have to create an environment that seems to be hopeful or different in a way that's meaningful. And at Hillsdale, it kicks in that very first day. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is English teacher Andrew Hardig on the first day of school this year. Hey, let's do it this way. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Feeling great. Feeling tired. Really rather not be here. Where are we at? Oh, okay, okay. Read the room. Okay, tired is okay. All right, well, welcome. He's welcoming a group of ninth graders in his advisory and taking the time to explain to them how he sees his role. If you prefer, you can call me coach. I like to think of myself as your coach for high school. That's my job as advisor. So some of you are wondering, what is advisory? It's kind of like homeroom, but in addition to being your English teacher, I also get to be your high school coach, at least for the first two years. And my goal is to help guide you through. These 30 or so students will be with Mr. Hardig for the next two years in the same advisory. He's part of a team of four core subject teachers, math, science, English, and social science, who share the same 110 students over the next two years as part of House Marrakesh. Each group comprises a house. Yes, like the kind you saw in Harry Potter. And members of each house learn their core subjects together. On this campus of 1,400 students, it's a way of carving out smaller, more supportive learning communities that stay in place those first two years. Several minutes into the students' first hour of high school, Mr. McCall, House Marrakesh's math teacher, pops into Mr. Hardig's advisory to introduce himself. And it's like he already knows the students. And who are you? Haley and Brandon Sibley. All right. <laughs> nice. Uh, yes. He's Stella. Hmm? Stella. Oh, you're the little Stella. All right. Soccer or no? Yeah. Mr. McCall then helps Mr. Hardick demonstrate the box game. Hardick sits in a student desk, you know, the kind that's attached to the chair and he has crumpled paper in front of him. About eight feet behind him is a box, the kind that holds reams of paper. And his job is to take the crumpled up paper and make a basket over his head into the box without looking. The people on his team are supposed to guide him by telling him to throw the ball of paper to the left, to the right, until he makes a basket. Soft, softer, softer, softer. So close, so close, a little softer. Oh, and just a little to this side. Just a little bit. Woo! There it is. Okay, good. Okay. And then, as soon as he's got it, he's going to jump up out of the chair. The next person is going to take The kids split up into two teams to practice. They feel confident. And then they take the game out into the hallway to compete against Mrs. Thomas's class. The 
goal is to be the first class to have every student make a basket. And then... That wasn't Mr. Hardig's class. It was Miss Thomas's class. The students shuffle back in, feeling a little disappointed. Here's the deal. Just like anything in life, whether it be school, advisory activities, sports, okay, we've got to dwell on what went well, not on what didn't go well. In lieu of telling the students what he thought could be improved, he asked the students what they observed. What did we do well? Good teamwork. Okay. Describe the teamwork to me. What did teamwork look like when it was working well? Um, Everybody was, like, helping the person that was in the chair. Okay. You got the people stepping up to help the person who's in the chair. And we don't want to dwell on what didn't go well, but we can say the opposite of that would be not going well. So. And then Hardig uses this moment to set the tone for what's expected from the students starting day one, now that they're at Hillsdale. So focus on we were at our best when we, what? Had teamwork. Work as a team. Okay. We were at our best when we encourage each other. Okay. And sometimes it just comes down to luck, right? Um, but I want you to think about that. So the next time we do an activity like this, what's the one thing we have to do? Work as a team. It's that simple. In addition to this first day of school in August, I visited Hillsdale several times in the previous school year, last spring, to better understand how teachers work with students to keep them engaged in school. At Hillsdale, students are encouraged to really support one another, like in Mr. Hardig's advisory. But what's also integral to keeping students engaged all four years is a mindfulness towards how subjects are taught, especially something like math. Do you notice students having any particular hang-ups about math, specifically? (laughs) Yes, um, definitely. That's Mr. McCall again, House Mayor Kesha's math teacher. Learning math isn't just about applying equations and theorems. People have anxiety about math, and it affects how they see themselves. I don't believe this to be true. However, I will tell you, for a lot of kids, um, whether they quote, get math or not in their head defines for them whether they're smart or not. Again, he doesn't believe this to be true, but this feeling is real, according to researchers, and persists among kids and adults. Consequently, when math is not your favorite subject, or maybe you haven't had a connection with a teacher in the past really helped you understand that you can do some math, Um, People have a lot of hang-ups about it. It's a frustrating class. Um, It's hard to understand things. And then if you don't understand things, you're left with this feeling like, wow, I must not be very smart. Again, even though that's not the case. So how do you work through that, especially in the pivotal early years of high school? Well, um, first thing we, one of the things that I do and uh, several of my math colleagues do, in their ninth grade year, um, we start off with lessons where kids are focused in on talking about 
math problems. Um, it's a, a protocol called Math Talks. In Math Talks, students get a straightforward problem that can be solved multiple ways. The focus is more on how students reach their solution, and less on whether the answer is right or wrong. We encourage kids to talk about that through a protocol that rewards them for their expression of why something works. Not really on the answer, but rather uh, an expression, you know, in an oral setting of why that works. So you you teach kids about communicating and about communicating about math. And then secondly, from a policy point of view, I always allow kids to retake math tests if they don't score a B minus or better, they can come in, make corrections, and retake the test and earn up to that low B. Giving students the chance to revise their work and get a better grade is a chance not often given in school. To social science teacher Danny Robletto, allowing revisions on tests and assignments isn't cheating. It's more reflective of real-world experiences. I think of it as like a driving test. Am I allowed to retake a driving test? I am. Okay, well, what if I keep flunking it? Well, I'm going to study and get this parallel parking skills I need, and eventually I will be able to drive. And so I think we are setting students up to be more long-term successful. Another way teachers help students succeed, they get to know them really well. The team of four core subject teachers meet at least once a week to talk about the students in their house. They call this conversation Kid Talk. That's not okay. That's facilitating bad Teachers circle up their desks, open up a spreadsheet with the names of the students, and they talk about the students. Avoidance behavior. Avoidance, avoidance, avoidance. And we can't be the adults who enable avoidance, so please don't enable avoidance. We've edited out names for privacy's sake. Mm -hmm. So, absent for a while, seems like he's back, seems like he's in good spirits, but rumor that he might be moving. Kid Talk helps them get a deeper understanding of what's going on in a student's life and get a complete picture, which is often about way more than academics. These discussions allow teachers to problem solve and give the students, and sometimes the parents, the tools they need to succeed. So, any suggestions that you guys have? In regards to that, ask her. Them. Ask her what she likes in an advisor. Humor. Someone who doesn't up, talk to me. Up in their business. <laughs> hands off. Independent. Like we can guide them that way. But is hands off the best thing for her? It's what she wants. But is that the best thing exactly. for her? The teachers meet up just for kid talk every week. That's separate from this group's other weekly meetings about curriculum and advisory for the same hundred and ten students. But when it comes to kid talk, the conversations aren't limited to these scheduled meetings, according to Danny Robletto. I have a very good relationship with my colleagues. Kid talk doesn't really stop ever. <laughs> in the restroom, we'll run into each other. So-and-so did a great job on their test. Oh, I'll be sure to tell. And it's just, it's that kind of thing. It's always part of our dialogue. Since we're sharing kids, uh, nothing really gets through the cracks. We celebrate together. We grieve together. Um, we are a team with this one group of kids for two years, and so it gets you get to know people. The educators at Hillsdale go to great lengths to create a caring community, but that doesn't always guarantee results. Coming up after the break... My uh, counselor came to my house, knocked on my door. 
I opened the door, I was like, what are you doing here? Stay with us. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. You're listening to the Mind Shift Podcast. I'm Ki Sung. If you're like me and attended a big public high school, your day looks something like this. You had six periods that each lasted 50 minutes. Each class was taught by a different teacher and had a different set of kids. You mostly do your own work, and after a semester, you reshuffle. Desks are arranged in rows with aisles in between in order to discourage cheating and chatting. But Hillsdale is really different. For one thing, learning is a social experience. You got to do work with other people, which makes you have to talk to other people, which is a good thing because, I mean, everybody needs to talk to somebody. That's Jeffrey Aragon. He's the student you heard at the beginning of the episode who was struggling in school. Of course, there are assignments students do on their own, but students like Jeff feel more connected to their peers and their teachers because of how classwork is designed. My other schools have just been, like, you're, you're by yourself, and they just throw work at you, and you do, it, you do it by yourself. Working alone can feel lonely, and that can shape how you feel about school. Here's how Jeff's ninth and 10th grade advisor, Mr. McCall, remembers Jeff's early freshman experience. He just hated school. He didn't know how to do school. He didn't like being at school. Remember, Jeff got expelled from his middle school, where he says he got into fights. And then he had trouble getting to high school on time because he lived far away. You know, he's a good example of, of what happens with kids. Um, our principal, Jeff Gilbert, always says, you know, even if a kid is doing something that seems completely wrong, completely off base, completely not okay, 
there is some reason that they are making that choice. Like, why are they doing that? And our mission is to find out why that is. And Jeff came here with a lot of anger, and that um, manifested itself in a real, you know, I don't care kind of an attitude. Here's how Jeff, the student, remembers it. There was some times where, like, I kind of just was, like, done with school. He didn't really believe that we teachers were going to give him a fresh start. I stayed home playing games. I was just like, man, I could I could do this all day. He had had enough school transitions and tough issues in his life that he had reached the conclusion that, well, you know, um, it isn't going to work, so I'm not going to try. <laughs> but um, my uh, counselor came to my house, knocked on my door. I opened the door. I was like, what are you doing here? He was like, we need you at school. What you doing? And I was like, I'm playing games. I, I, I just want to stay home. And uh, right when he knocked on the door, he opened the door. My mom came home. My mom was like, you haven't been going to school. I was all like, oh, no. Jeff loves his mother. His mother is his hero. Same with his grandmother. And I had a very strong grandmother, too. And so I think we both connected to that sense of the love-fear dynamic, the Machiavellian grandmother, if you will. His mother's opinion counts for a lot with Jeff, according to Danny Robledo. And she uses it strategically. From that, I was like, okay, the play with him, I'm going to make, like, I'm, I'm Latina. I'm going to play the abuela play. I'm going to love you unconditionally, but also I'm not going to take excuses from you. And so with him... It, it works on occasion. He's, he's a tough case in the sense that he has a lot that we can't control going on in his life. Um, but when he's in my classroom or I have a chance to work with him in his guided studies class, it's the firm but kind with the unconditional love all underneath it. And we spent a lot of time, myself and um, Andrew Harding, his English teacher, and Danny Robledo, you know, his history teacher and his science teachers, kind of convincing Jeff that we actually did want him to succeed and did like him as a person. And slowly but surely, Jeff's attitude towards school began to change. I came back to school and my teachers were like, Jeff, we need you here. You, you're like the positivity in the class. You just need to do the work. This team of educators, teachers, counselors, principals, and Jeff's family came together to help him get back on course. When I talked with Jeff at the end of his sophomore year, he was especially grateful for his advisor and math teacher, Mr. McCall. In my other previous schools, I was always talked to as like a student, not person. So he, he's like, he's let me open up more. What does Mr. McCall do? Like, what does he say to you to, like, have that effect? He just, he understands where I come from, and, like, he understands, like, if we have a struggle, like, if we have problems, like, he'll, he understands. He's not just like, all right, you got to get this, you got to get this piece of work in, like, you got to, it's due, but he'll give you a few extra days if you're not feeling well or just, like, if you're really going through something rough. Um... He'll call me out and make me feel like, damn, I gotta work. Like I gotta work on it. Like I'm letting my advisor down, and I really don't want to let him down because he's holding his end of the bargain, talking good about me. So I should be working good for him. 
That was right before the end of his sophomore year. School was coming to an end, and the looped group in his house, Marrakesh, was about to disband. Students would be regrouped for another loop connecting junior and senior year with a different set of core teachers and students. After the summer, on the very first day of school at Hillsdale, I was talking with all those freshmen you heard at the beginning of this episode, and happily, I ran into Jeff. Hearing about his freshman year put his grades into perspective. The reason why I failed English was because I had it early in the morning and I was always late. And that's like when the time I was living with my mom and I was kind of biking to school and I kind of got there late. And I, just, I really never got that deep into the material that he was trying to teach. But that wasn't the end of his story. There was pressure to do better in school. I felt that pressure around me because they were looking at me like more so as like, I'm going to be a dropout. I'm not going to do anything. And then like, I wasn't proving them wrong at that point because I was just sitting there not doing anything and being basically a bother. But um, they just gave me a sense of reality and I was just like, do I really not want to graduate? Like, I don't want to be behind freshman year, sophomore year and have to go to night school. So I picked up my act and did it all. He picked up his act and started working harder and seeking help. And what also helped was that he was at a school that was designed to help students succeed, even if they struggle. For Jeff, it took two years to make up his grades from freshman year. He had a lot of help and encouragement from his core group of teachers along the way. I had to redo my other classes that I flunked in freshman year. And you were able to retake them? Oh, yes. I have no Fs. Great. Congratulations. Thank you. And did you talk to any of your old teachers over the summer? Uh, no. Not, um, I don't think so. Oh, I talked to Mr. Bledo. She took me out to lunch. Because I passed all my classes that I had to make up for freshman year. And she bought me a $15 burger. It was a double cheeseburger. And it was the best. Jeff now has a new set of core teachers to help him with the second half of his four-year journey. The teachers who helped him his first two years were critical in helping him feel confident about his future. What are your plans for junior year? Um, Not only just to get through it, but do better than I did both freshman year and sophomore year. And how are you going to do better? Um, be more focused in, like, actual school than rather being focused on other things and being developed in other things. Such as? Um, oh, hey, yeah. Hi. What's going on? What up? Talking? Yeah. I'm going to interrupt. How's your summer? Good. Yeah? Good to see you. You doing all right so far? Yeah. Come say hello. Hello. That was Mr. McCall. Yes, that was Mr. McCall. Best teacher ever. Are you going to have him this year? No, sadly not. Do you feel good about your next two years here? Yes, definitely. These people around me are very positive. Too positive. (laughs) 
Jeff won't have Mr. McCall as his advisor. McCall is taking on a new group of freshmen, as is Mr. Hardick. And Miss Robledo left Hillsdale to be closer to her family. It's another transition, not as jarring as entering the ninth grade. But when your school is built around a culture of support, transitions become moments of possibility. The MindShift Podcast is produced by me, Ki Sung. And me, Katrina Schwartz. And if you want to know more about what makes Hillsdale unique, you can read about it in two books. The first one, Moments, by Chip and Dan Heath, is a New York Times bestseller that describes some of the projects Hillsdale students create in their senior year. Another book is Be the Change, Reinventing School for Student Success, co-authored by Linda Darling-Hammond, which details some of the work she and Hillsdale principal Jeff Gilbert and many other educators did to improve the public high school experience. Our editor is Jacob Conrad, and Seth Samuel is our audio specialist. Holly Kernan is our vice president for news. Thanks to our colleagues Olivia Allen-Price, Jessica Placek, Erica Aguilar, Laura Clivens, Paul Lancour, and Julie Kane for their help with this episode. And a heartfelt thanks to Jeffrey Aragon. And his mother, and his abuela. And some of the freshmen at Hillsdale High School. Samantha, Matthew, Caitlin, Brendan, and Adriana. Thanks also to Jeff Gilbert, Mike McCall, Danny Robledo, Andrew Hardig, and countless educators and students who helped share their stories. If you want to stay in touch for more stories about teaching and learning, subscribe to this podcast. And while you're on your favorite podcast app, let us know how we're doing by rating us or leaving a comment. It only takes a minute and it really helps us out. Your feedback helps us figure out what to cover next. See you next time. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.